Wish you weren't hearing an ad right now? Want to get the next episode even sooner? Well, after the show, head to watchnebula.com slash radio. You'll get access to our original podcasts ad-free, plus exclusive originals and experimental shows from your favorite educational-ish creators. And best of all, you're helping us to make even more amazing content. Just go to watchnebula.com slash radio. It really helps us out. Since this is a 1980s movie about frat brothers, there has to be a scene about dudes getting it on with an animal. I don't know how we're going to be able to release this on YouTube. Oh my God. Welcome back to Laws Broken, the series where a real lawyer pulverizes your pleasant movies from the 1980s by showing you how illegal everything is because everything is illegal. I'm sure most of you have probably watched Revenge of the Nerds at one time or another. Well, specifically, you probably watched it at three o'clock in the morning on TBS, since that's the only time slot where 80s frat boy comedies were allowed to air, albeit in highly edited form. And you might not remember all of the laws that were broken in Revenge of the Nerds, but I assure you, there were a lot of them because the main fixation of these type of movies is, of course, girls. There's 6,127 students at Adams, 58% of which are girls. So, so that's 7,107.32 boobs. And thankfully, we've come a long time since this movie was released. Yes, Revenge of the Nerds is from another era before nerds were celebrated, part of the zeitgeist, and they had their own award-winning TV shows. Sarcasm? You think? But in 1984, people were not so sensitive to the plight of the nerds. Hence, we got Revenge of the Nerds, a movie about a group of criminal degenerates and their plea for tolerance. So the criming kicks off with what may be an actual murder. As Lewis and Gilbert, the lead nerds, walk through their Adams College for the first time, they walk right by the Alpha Beta fraternity. This sets up what is probably the most quoted line from the movie. Yes, Ogre takes one look at the pair of computer junkies and lets out a primal roar as one does. This sets Lewis and Gilbert on edge as they realize that they are subjects of intense derision. What they don't seem to notice is that Ogre is dangling a man from the roof, and that man then presumably drops 30 or more feet to the ground. Did he die? Did he just break his neck? Did we just watch a murder take place in the first five minutes of this movie? Well, the movie takes place at Adams College, a fictional college somewhere in the Midwest. Since I've never picked on Nebraska before, let's pick on Nebraska. I'm setting the movie smack dab in the middle of the Cornhusker State. And in Nebraska, a person commits murder in the first degree if he or she kills another person, one, purposefully and with deliberate and premeditated murder, or two, in the perpetration or the attempt to perpetrate any other first degree felony. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that there just aren't many circumstances that justify intentionally dangling a person off of a roof. First degree murder carries a potential life sentence if the person dies, but if there's just an attempt, then it's a class two felony which carries a penalty of up to 50 years in prison. I think Ogre's probably gonna get out in 25 with good behavior. Now the plot, so to speak, really takes off when the Alphas accidentally burned down their fraternity house. In their defense, who knew the plant with a Zippo and drinking 180 proof whiskey could lead to an actual fire. So is this arson? Well, probably not. A person only commits first degree arson if they intentionally set fire to a structure or start a fire while in the process of committing another felony. The fire starter here appears to be a guy named Haystack. I guess that explains this movie's choice to put him in overalls. But at any rate, he didn't intentionally set the fire. Accident is generally a defense to arson, but he might also be able to plead diminished capacity because of extreme intoxication. Now, intoxication is another version of a diminished capacity defense. Involuntary intoxication is when someone drugs you or you take something that you didn't expect to react to. But voluntary intoxication is when you really do mean to get drunk, and of course you succeed. Now, getting drunk on purpose is not a defense on its own. Otherwise, we'd all just 
get drunk and commit crimes without consequence. However, if you're so wasted that you can't control your actions, then it might mean that prosecutors would have a hard time proving that you set the fire intentionally. So based on these defenses, it might be that Haystack is safe from charges of first degree arson. But that doesn't mean that everyone is completely off the hook. The guys tell the fire department that the fire was caused by some faulty wiring. This is probably a misstep. It's definitely a crime to lie to law enforcement authorities. Nebraska law calls these false reporting. Quote, a person commits an offense of false reporting if he or she A furnishes material information, he or she knows to be false to any peace officer or other official with the intent to instigate an investigation of an alleged criminal matter or to impede the investigation of an actual criminal matter. This is a class one misdemeanor. Now the alpha betas face up to one year in jail and or a thousand dollar fine for false reporting. But shout out to a young John Goodman as the football coach who helps the guys get alternative housing. And there is of course a big game coming up and he doesn't want them worrying about where they're going to live. The Dean acquiesces to this plan, which then leads to the next scenes where the alphas are storming the freshman dormitory and throwing everyone out. So as of now, that dorm is ours, right? Yeah! Any room you want, ready? Bang! These guys are probably the same ones that 35 years later would storm the Capitol and basically do the same thing. Ogre then throws a man out the window. Now, just because the Dean consented to the plan doesn't mean that the way that they moved into the dorms was legal. Throwing a guy out the window is still assault and battery, and more precisely, it's defenestration. Defenestration is one of my favorite words in the English language. It's the act of throwing someone out a window. Now, in the past, defenestration has ignited multiple wars, including the Bohemian Revolt against the Habsburg Emperor, Ferdinand II, which started the Thirty Years' War back in 1618. Now, here in America, defenestration is usually just considered aggravated battery. Charles Barkley once famously heaved a man through a glass window after the man harassed several people at a bar. Barkley said, what he did was inappropriate. I'm going to defend myself. Let there be no debate. If you bother me, I'm going to whip your ass. The guy threw ice in my face and I slammed his ass into the window. Let it ever be said that Charles Barkley doesn't have a way with words. Now, Barkley was charged with aggravated battery, but the case was dropped after the man who got thrown through the window declared to prosecute. That happened after he signed a settlement with Sir Charles. Now, in Nebraska, the state charges this as an assault crime. Quote, a person commits the offense of assault in the first degree if he or she intentionally or knowingly causes serious bodily injury to another person. First degree assault is a class two felony. Class two felonies carry possible punishment of up to 50 years in prison, but I think the outcome here depends a lot on whether the victim was seriously hurt or just banged up. Ogre probably got first degree assault, eh, let's say 10 years. But let's focus now on the nerds. The nerds are now homeless and seeking a fraternity. So Betty Childs, the leader of the Mean Girls, intervenes to send them to the Alpha Betas where they will be humiliated. Well, tell us what frat do you think is us? You guys are Alpha Betas all the way. Since this is a 1980s movie about frat brothers, there has to be a scene about dudes getting it on with an animal. Here is that scene. You guys seem pretty cool. Take these for later. Rubbers? What do we need rubbers for? Okay, that is more than enough of that scene. Uh, we don't actually see Gilbert and Lewis fornicating with the sheep, but if they did, that is the crime of indecency with an animal. Quote, a person commits indecency with an animal when such person subjects an animal to sexual penetration as defined in section 28-318. Lewis and Gilbert, therefore, indecency with an animal as a class three misdemeanor get up to three months in jail and or a $500 fine. Now, in our next scene, it features multiple instances of the cinema sin of racial stereotyping where a frat bro asks Takashi if he knows karate, and then he puts a jockstrap on his head. You know karate? Uh, no. Good. 
Now, under Nebraska law in 1984, this is simple assault at best. Misdemeanor assault is assault in the third degree and consists of either intentionally, knowingly, or recklessly causing bodily injury to another person or threatening another in a menacing manner. Now, Takashi isn't seriously hurt, so this isn't a felony case. But 21st century bullies beware, because in 1997, Nebraska passed a hate crimes law that enhances criminal penalties when a person commits an offense because of someone's race, color, religion, ancestry, national origin, gender, sexual orientation, age, or disability. If found guilty of a hate crime under the law, it acts as a penalty enhancement. This means that a person will be punished for the next level of offense. So if you were to use a racial slur or ask a guy if he knows karate before choking him with his own jockstrap, expect prosecutors to consider a penalty enhancement. So random frat guy, the penalty in this case would be up to six months in jail, a fine of up to $1,000 or both. Luckily for this guy, cancel culture hasn't arrived in 1984, so this guy can probably just get off with probation. Now, in the next scene, Lewis inadvertently invents Apartments.com, Zillow, and Airbnb. Okay, I programmed him with all the rental units in the area. And the computer he built looks totally like it's related to the dogs. You don't see it? Well, just wait until you see it in action later on. Now, Lewis's Zillow moment brings us to this scene where Wormser, the 13-year-old, goes to one of the apartments and is hit on by an adult woman. Hi, I came about the room for rent. It's right next to mine. It'll be perfect for us. Why, yes, she did answer the door wearing a negligee, and she immediately offers the boy sex, things that would only happen in a 1980s frat movie. Now, this is probably criminal child enticement. Quote, no person by any means and without privilege to do so shall solicit, coax, entice, or lure, or attempt to solicit, coax, entice, or lure any child under the age of 14 years into any place with the intent to seclude the child from his or her parent, guardian, or other legal custodian, or the general public, whether or not the person knows the age of the child. The prospective landlady arguably tried to entice Wormser into the house in violation of the law. She's guilty of a class 3A felony. Class 3A felonies carry a possible punishment of up to three years in prison and an 18 month post-release supervision and or up to a $10,000 fine. And is it also contributing to the delinquency of a child? Well, under section 28-709 of the Nebraska Criminal Code, any person who by any act encourages, causes, or contributes to the delinquency or need for special supervision of a child under 18 years of age, so the child becomes or will tend to become a delinquent child or a child in need of special supervision commits contributing to the delinquency of a child. Now there's a lot of gray area about what it means for a child to quote, tend to become delinquent. Wormser isn't a child in need of special supervision. In fact, he's actually a genius, but the statute doesn't require that the child actually become delinquent or need special supervision, but only that the defendant encourage the child to become delinquent or to need special supervision so that the child will quote, tend to become a delinquent child or a child in need of special supervision. So let's say this landlady is getting slapped with six months in jail for her tendency to create a delinquent child. And then of course the computer that he created basically goes off and becomes a Dalek, even attacking a human being. Now, when the newly minted Trilams plan a party, they struggle to get dates. And this is where the movie takes a turn from Revenge of the Nerds into Revenge of the Incels. Of course, Booger has been searching for dates at the local high school. If any of you guys got dates besides Gilbert? I do. Yeah, but that's with a guy. What about you, Booger? I've been out combing the high schools all day. 
And although we don't see his conduct, if we take him at his word, he's potentially broken several laws. First is stalking, which is defined as being willfully harassed, intentionally terrified, threatened, or intimidated by individuals who intentionally follow, detain, stalk, or harass them. Harassing behavior occurs when someone engages in conduct that, quote, seriously terrifies, threatens, or intimidates the person, and which serves no legitimate purpose. This is a class one misdemeanor, unless the victim is under 16 years old, when it becomes a felony. So Booger is almost certainly facing up to a year in jail and or a thousand dollar fine just for stalking these teen girls. Now, after the frat boys and girls continue to mock the nerds, the nerds formulate a plan. For revenge, the nerds decide not to commit violence against the alphas because that would only bring them down to their level. So instead, they decide to commit violence against the women. I know what we're gonna do. Or in this movie's parlance, they decide to have a fun panty raid. These are the protagonists of this movie, remember. So let me give you a rundown of all the crimes in this particular scene. First, there's burglary. Person commits burglary if such person willfully, maliciously, or forcibly breaks and enters any real estate or any improvements erected thereon with the intent to commit any felony. The men broke in with the intent of chasing down naked women and planting video cameras on the premises. I think that probably qualifies as having the intent to commit a felony. Now, in Nebraska, uh, burglary can be charged as either a class two or class three felony, depending on the circumstances of the case. A class two felony in Nebraska is punishable by up to 50 years in prison, while a class three felony is punishable by up to four years in prison. So let's pretty much just throw the book at Lewis and give him 50 years in prison for committing burglary in order to commit a whole bunch of sex crimes. Then of course, there is the guilt of first degree criminal trespass. A person commits first degree criminal trespass if he or she quote, enters or secretly remains in any building or occupied structure or any separately secured or occupied portion there of knowing that he or she is not licensed or privileged to do so. This is a first degree misdemeanor that probably will not carry more than three to six months in jail. And then here's Lewis, terrifyingly just hiding in the shower, then jumping out yelling panty raid and then chasing the naked girls down the hall. Panty raid! Today, this would have ended with Olivia Benson taking the perp to jail, but in 1984, it was played for laughs. But Lewis may be guilty of second or third degree sexual assault. Quote, any person who subjects another to sexual contact without consent of the victim is guilty of sexual assault in either the second or third degree. And what is sexual contact you probably didn't ask? Well, that is defined as, quote, the intentional touching of the victim's sexual or intimate parts or the intentional touching of the victim's clothing covering the immediate area of the victim's sexual or intimate parts. Now, unfortunately for the victims here, sexual assault is only a class one misdemeanor if the perpetrator didn't cause serious personal injury. Now, did Lewis touch any of these women? We don't know, but clearly he was attempting to do that. Third degree sexual assault is a class one misdemeanor, which carries a possible penalty up to one year in jail and a fine of $1,000. And while the girls scream, the nerds congratulate themselves on their crimes. The nerds then install video cameras in the sorority house and then do terrible things with that tape. Uh, this is behavior that nowadays would have gotten them labeled as sex offenders for life, but it's definitely an invasion of privacy. So what laws did they break in addition to breaking and entering sexual assault and trespass? Well, under Nebraska criminal section 28-311, quote, it shall be unlawful for any person to knowingly intrude upon any other person without his or her consent in a place of solitude or seclusion. Now that's a misdemeanor, but they also violated section two, which states, it shall be unlawful for any person to knowingly and intentionally photograph, film, or otherwise record an image or video of an intimate area of another person without his or her knowledge and consent. 
This is a class four felony. The maximum penalty is two years imprisonment and two months post-release supervision and a $10,000 fine or both. So all of them, including the 13 year old Wormser are looking at a two year prison sentence for unlawful intrusion. And of course, later they violate section three of that criminal code by selling photographs of naked women. Quote, it shall be unlawful for any person to knowingly and intentionally distribute or otherwise make public an image or video of another person recorded in violation of section two of this section without that person's consent. This is a class 2A felony with a 20 year maximum prison sentence. And when this movie was released, there was no sex offender registry. But today, if the men were over 19 and any victim was under the age of 18, they'd be required to register under the Sex Offender Registration Act. And they also allowed the 13 year old Wormser to watch these videos, which probably contributed to the endangerment of a minor. And please know that the girls were fighting off the nerds and this is mostly in self-defense. Under today's laws, under most states these days, they probably would have been justified in just shooting these guys dead for home invasion. And then finally capping off the biggest crimes, we have that time that Lewis <laughs> Betty. Yeah, you heard me. Lewis puts on a Darth Vader mask, impersonates Stan, and has sex with Stan's girlfriend, Betty. Now, sex through deception is <laughs> but it's not always punishable as a crime depending on how the jurisdiction defines consent. By fraud was first recognized in American criminal law in 1865 in Michigan in the People vs. Crosswell. There, the Michigan Supreme Court upheld the defendant's conviction for by fraud and stated, quote, the outrage upon the woman is just as great in these cases as if actual force had been employed. That's because the women didn't consent to sex with that particular man, which is the same situation we have here. The model penal code recommends states approach this issue by declaring consent ineffective if obtained by deception. And that appears to be the way that the crime is defined in Nebraska, where one source says that the law, quote, punishes intercourse obtained by deception as to the identity of the actor, such as a person who poses as a fiance, husband, or lover. And that's exactly what we have here. Lewis has donned the exact same costume as Stan uh, with the intent of having intercourse with Stan's girlfriend and she not knowing who is who. That's bad. That's really, really bad. And as we know, first degree sexual assault is a class two felony punishable by one to 50 years in prison. One would think that in the modern era, Lewis would get a large chunk of that sentence, though we've seen some high profile cases where that hasn't been the case. And of course, there are always going to be people defending this scene by alleging that in 1984, no one knew it was wrong. But that's kind of like saying that in the 18th century, no one knew that slavery was wrong. It, definitely people knew. In fact, it was a crime back then. So it's hard to say that everything was hunky-dory back then. And here to add insult to injury, Betty is actually happy with the deception and leaves Stan for Lewis. That was wonderful. He did things to me you've never done before. And critics at the time didn't even seem to be bothered by this. Gene Siskel loved it. He called the characterization of the two sweet. And although Roger Ebert listed the panty raid scene as one part of the movie that could put the boys in a bad light, he called the movie great because of the human element. There's a human element underlying this film that makes it interesting, the story of these, of these nerds. <laughs> I don't know how we're gonna be able to release this on YouTube, oh my God. And here's a quick rundown of the minor laws broken in this movie. The football team assaults Gilbert. The coach participates, even threatening to break his neck, attempted assault. Here the frat guys moon the tri-lambs. This is public indecency. The person commits public indecency if such person exposes, quote, the genitals of the body done with the intent to affront or alarm any person. It's a class two misdemeanor and that would get these guys up to six months in jail and a fine. The frat bros and frat girls steal a farm truck and then turn the pigs loose on the nerd's house. That's simple theft and vandalism punishable by up to a year in jail. The jocks placed a burning 
nerd sign in front of the lawn, vandalism, three to six months in jail. The nerds drip some heat rub oil on the alpha's jock straps. Is that a crime? You bet it is, that's assault. And let's talk about the prison sentences for the two worst characters in this movie. It was written with only one main bad guy, Ogre, but Lewis is also just as bad, if not worse. Ogre probably gets 25 years in jail for attempted murder and 15 for defenestration. That's 40 years in jail. And the ultimate perp of this movie, Lewis, will probably go to prison for by deception, let's say 20 years for that. He's also guilty of two counts of unlawful intrusion for entering and helping with filming, which is four more years. Add to that 50 years for burglary, one year for assaulting the girls in the hallway. His total sentence is probably somewhere around 60 to 75 years. Oh, and one last thing. I know right now you're probably fumbling with your phone trying to find the next podcast to listen to, but you can't because this is an ad. But it doesn't have to be that way. Instead, you can go to watchnebula.com slash radio. You can get access to all of our original podcasts ad-free, plus exclusive originals and experimental shows from your favorite educational-ish creators. And best of all, you're helping to support us make even more amazing content. So before you go, check out watchnebula.com slash radio to support this channel and this podcast directly.